Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it is election season, so that means even more than ever, your email box will be blanketed, pummeled, filled with fundraising emails. And you've heard me talk about it before because I'm on every Democratic and every Republican mailing list uh, known to mankind. Because once you're on one of those lists, it just perpetuates over and over and over again. And, of course, most of those are filled with anger, fear, and frustration. Uh, it's the shampoo, bottled model, lather, rinse, repeat, lather you up, get you angry and frustrated, let you rinse that off with a nice $25 com- uh, contribution, and then repeat. Uh, that's sort of how it goes. And if you're hoping against hope for your email box to be delivered from this onslaught, uh, your spam filter probably is not going to be much help moving forward. Why? Zach Montalaro, a state politics reporter for Politico, uh, had a great piece today that was uh, both enlightening and a little bit uh, distressing, uh, talking about the fact that uh, Federal Watchdog approved a Google program to let campaigns skip the spam filters. And uh, Zach, thanks for joining us today. And just for our listeners, first, give us some some sense of where we've been on this whole thing, and then we'll get into where we are and what comes next. Yeah, thanks for having me. So to give you the very short version of it is, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of folks don't like political emails. I think um, quite literally everybody is probably frustrated by it. It's not close to everybody. Uh, and, you know, uh, some programs have been more aggressive with spam filters than, other, than others, uh, and Google got some pushback for that. There was a, a study that Google disputes, but there was a study that found that Google's services weeded out more Republican emails than Democratic ones. Um, they've been facing a lot of pressure in Washington, and then Google went to the FEC, which is the folks who set campaign finance law, and asked, hey, can we have a program that basically lets campaigns from both sides of the aisle, both parties, basically opt out of the spam filter so people can't accuse us of, 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 uh, of having a bias? And this morning, the FEC said, gave their green light to the program saying this doesn't count as an impermissible contribution to those campaigns. Google, if you want to do that program, go ahead and do it. Wow. So, so basically uh, campaigns of all kinds uh, can now just kind of get past the spam filter uh, and doing it in the name of, uh, we can't uh, discriminate against any campaign. So we're just going to let all the email just flow right on through. 
Right. Yeah. You know, Google very, very strongly pushed back against the, the, the idea that they were discriminating against campaigns. They said, and this is true, they said they were speech neutral, you know, that they applied the same rules to everybody and some campaigns are just more caught up than others. You know, this program hasn't gone into effect yet. It was just approved a couple hours ago. Um, but if and when it goes into effect, and it's only a pilot, but if and when it goes into effect, the one, I guess, upside for consumers is that you should both, A, get alerts with your political email saying, this is a political email. Do you want to get this? And you should either be able to unsubscribe or market as spam. And now um, campaigns should hopefully be more responsive, or at least the good campaigns should be more responsive to to unsubscribe emails and to spam emails because it'll hurt them in the long run. Yeah. So as you look at all of these, I, uh, you know, as I look at all of the things that are in my box, some of them are still just coming straight in. Some of them do uh, get to spam. And, it, and it's always interesting to me which ones end up in my spam folder and which ones don't. And uh, rarely does it have to do with how bad the copy is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if it's on uh, one side, you know, they're they're claiming that this person is, you know, a far left liberal and they're, a, you know, a Biden supporting blah, blah, blah. And if it's the other side, you know, they're a far right wing nut and they're a Trump enabling blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the answer to all of those, of course, is to send 25 or 50 bucks uh, to make you feel better. Is is there anything that we know or anything you've been able to see w- within how this is all working? Uh, is there any other filter component to any of this in terms of credibility, outrageousness, uh, or even just uh, honesty in terms of what's coming in? <laughs> yeah, you know, campaign, I have covered specifically campaign emails for a very long time. My first article I ever wrote as a journalist was about a campaign email. So it's been about, oh, eight or nine years of me covering this and they have not got any better that's for sure you know i I guess the downside of this program too is actually you know for the most part and this is not universally true but the worst offenders of this are often not the campaigns and the political parties themselves Mm. it is outside groups it is super PACs raising money uh those super PACs are still um they're excluded from this program they won't automatically go right into your inbox so that's a positive um, you know, that's not saying that a lot of campaigns don't take advantage of their users with with high volume, hyperbolic, panicky emails. But, you know, the outside groups, the super PACs that folks don't like that that try to trick and raise small dollars that way, they're still under the old rules. Um, and again, you know, I, I would say if anyone's ever frustrated with their campaign campaign emails, A, you can try to unsubscribe. But once your email kind of in in the ecosystem, folks sell their lists, they rent their lists out there. But also just be, be vigilant and keep hitting that spam button. And, and that is actually responsive. And, and, and that will send future emails from them, at least, you know, to your, to your spam folder. Oh, and that's a, that's a great point. I'm glad you raised that, uh, Zach, because there, there is this industrial complex of, uh, of some of these super PACs and, and PACs and other uh, institutions that are likewise in the uh, anger, fear, and frustration uh, campaign because it does seem to be a profitable way to make and raise a, a lot of money. Uh, and so it is important to distinguish between uh, what's actually coming from the campaign and what's coming from outside groups. Uh, I think that's important both in terms of what people are donating to. Uh, sometimes they think they're donating to a particular candidate, but they might actually be donating to an outside group or a super PAC of some sort. Uh, and then it also, I think, helps uh, give you some perspective in terms of what is coming from the ca- campaign. What kind of language are they choosing to use and uh, I think a lot of those things that we should be factoring in as we evaluate candidates. Uh, is is there anything else on the horizon in terms of where this goes next, uh, in terms of what 
uh, candidates can or can't do or, or how this might continue to play out into other areas of social media beyond just what's coming into your, your email box? Yeah, this is the big one. And I think the next area to watch the new frontier of fundraising, and it's even more unregulated than emails, is texting. You know, it's getting a text from your to your phone saying, you know, help, I need money. Uh, please donate $5, $10, $15, whatever, to help my campaign. And the one thing I'd say, if you are a listener and if you get these emails is first, scroll down to the very, very bottom of them. They have to say who paid for them, right? I have three emails that for whatever reason folks sign up reporters for their fundraising list. I don't know why. I had three emails in my inbox this morning all about the Georgia Senate race. One of them is from a Georgia Senate candidate. The other two were from folks unrelated to the race. But if you scroll down to the bottom, you can see who's paying for it and where it is. And then if you do feel like you want to give, because cam- campaigns do want folks to donate, if you did the candidate you support, that's your right to donate to them. Before you actually click that button to donate, before you hit the money to send, just make sure your money is going where you think it's going. If you're a supporter of the former president, if you're a supporter of Joe Biden, of you know, uh, Senator Romney, of whomever, just make sure when you're actually giving your money that it's going to who you think it is, that it is going to the senator's campaign or the president's campaign or, or what have you, and not to a group that is saying it's going to support them, but it is not actually that candidate. Yeah, great insight, uh, Zach, uh, state politics reporter for Politico. Great piece, uh, great insight. We'll all be watching our uh, our boxes as we mo- move into uh, the fall campaign, and I think it will only heat up. I, I actually have one of those uh, accounts, and I, I can tell at one point uh, I must have just put in the name Dave uh, because I can always tell when it <laughs> says Dear Dave uh, that I, I know I've been sold and resold and resold uh, to all of these different campaigns who uh, think Dave is somehow going to come up with some money to uh, to donate today. But, Zach, thanks for your perspective. Great insight as always. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll step aside for a quick commercial. But that's some really important stuff. Always scroll to the bottom. Find out. If you want to donate to a campaign, that's fantastic. Left, right, center, doesn't matter. But make sure your money is going where you think it is. A lot of time it's an outside group, and they may or may not actually be spending that money on what you think they are. Always worth checking out. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.